Hi, this is Brad Zimmerman, and today we're reading Exodus 28:15 through 43. Fashion a breastpiece for making decision, the work of skilled hands. Make it like the ephod of gold and of blue, purple and scarlet yarn, and of finely twisted linen. It is to be square, a span long and a span wide, and folded double. Then mount four rows of precious stones on it. The first row shall be carnelian, chrysolite, and beryl. The second row shall be turquoise, lap, lapis, lazuli, and emerald. The third row shall be jacinth, agate, and amethyst. The fourth row shall be topaz, onyx, and jasper. Mount them in gold filigree settings. There are to be twelve stones, one for each of the names of the sons of Israel, each engraved like a seal with the name of the twelve tribes. For the breastpiece, make braided chains of pure gold like a rope. Make two gold rings for it and fasten them to the corners of the breastpiece. Fasten the two gold chains to the rings at the corners of the breastpiece and the other ends of the chains to the two settings, attaching them to the shoulder pieces of the ephod at the front. Make two gold rings and attach them to the other two corners of the breastpiece on the inside edge next to the ephod. Make two more gold rings and attach them to the bottom of the shoulder pieces on the front of the ephod close to the seam just above the waistband of the ephod. The rings of the breastpiece are to be tied to the rings of the ephod with blue cord, connecting it to the waistband, so that the breastpiece will not swing out from the ephod. Whenever Aaron enters the holy place, he will bear the names of the sons of Israel over his heart on the breastpiece of decision as, he, as a continuing memorial before the Lord. Also put Urim and Thummim in the breastpiece, so that they may be over Aaron's heart whenever he enters the presence of the Lord. Thus Aaron will always bear the means of making decisions for the Israelites over his heart before the Lord. Make a robe of the ephod entirely of blue cloth, with an opening for the head at its center. There shall be a woven end edge like a collar around the opening so it will not tear. Make pomegranates of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn around the hem of the robe with gold bells between them. The gold bells and pomegranates are to alternate around the hem of the robe. Aaron must wear it when he ministers. The sound of the bell will be heard when he enters the holy place before the Lord and when he comes out so that he will not die. Make a plate of pure gold and engrave on it a seal, holy to the Lord. Fasten a blue robe to it and attach it to the turban. It is to be on the front of the turban. It will be on Aaron's forehead, and he will bear the guilt involved in the sacrifice gifts the Israelites consecrate, whatever their gifts may be. It will be on Aaron's forehead continually, so they will be acceptable to the Lord." 
Weave a tunic of fine linen and make the turban of fine linen. The sash is to be the work of an embroiderer. Make tunics, sashes, and caps for Aaron's sons to give them dignity and honor. After you put these clothes on your brother Aaron and his sons, anoint and ordain them. Consecrate them so that they may serve me as priests. Make linen undergarments as a covering for the body, reaching from the waist to the thigh. Aaron and his sons must wear them whenever they enter the tent of meeting or approach the altar to minister in the holy place, so that they will not incur guilt and die. This is to be the last ordinance for Aaron and his descendants. So this passage is a continuing part of what I like to call directions on how to make and build stuff found in Exodus. We recently learned building techniques, and today we learn the garment business. Specifically, we learn how to make garments that can be worn in the holiest place, the Holy of Holies. Now, we could get into a lot of different details of this passage and talk about nuances, but let's start by asking ourselves why. Why do we need these directions, and why is this even important? You and I both live in a post-Jesus world, a time after Jesus was alive and fulfilled scripture. But these people lived in a pre-Jesus world, which worked differently. Now, I would compare this to a pre- and post-broadband internet world. When I was a kid, the internet was still very new, and the only way to connect to the internet was through the precious dial-up internet. You remember dial-up? It took over the phone line in your house and so no one could call you. I'd get yelled at by my parents all the time. You had to sit and wait for that sound of connection to happen. You know, all those tones and beeps and buzzes. And then you were finally online. It worked at a snail's pace, but you made it. It wasn't quick or simple, but you made it. Now, this idea is so foreign to the middle school students that I lead in Moto. They only know a world that is internet connected. The internet is always ready, always available, and connected to everything, not just a big white boxed gray IBM or gateway computer that you know I had when I was a kid. It's connected to everything. This is why I find it hard to grasp any of the rules and ideas that are needed in this passage, because I am from a post-Jesus time, a time that, because of Jesus, makes it simple and easy for me or anyone to connect with God, not just a particular person in a particular place wearing particular clothes. Anyone can connect to God. Aren't you glad that may, that was that way was made for us? I know I'm glad it's not the same as it was then. I mean, look at this part of the passage. It says, Whenever Aaron enters the holy place, he will bear the names of the sons of Israel over his heart on the breastpiece of decision as a continual memoriam, memorial to the Lord. Also put Urim and Thummim in the breastpiece so that they may be over Aaron's heart whenever he enters the presence of the Lord. Thus, Aaron will always bear the means of making decisions for the Israelites over his heart before the Lord. Now, the Urim and Thummim that's talked about in here, no one really knows what those things are, but supposedly they were there to help make decisions. And, you know, when I was looking into this passage, I heard all these people arguing about what they really meant or what they really were. But guess what? 
we don't really need to know because Jesus made a better way for us to understand and know God's will. He opened up that constant, connected, broadband internet that allowed us to connect with God at any time and in any place. Jesus did that for us. We don't have to rely on that old way anymore, the way of dial-up internet. We have a new way that Jesus brought us, which is so awesome. Now, just because we have that available to us doesn't mean we actually take advantage of it. I want you to be honest with yourself for a moment. Are you actually taking advantage of that easy connection that we can have with God? Are you talking to God and asking him for guidance and help every day? I know for me, this isn't always easy. I'm currently asking God for guidance and direction on how I interact with people. I'm a self-professed, get-her-done type of person who's super task-oriented, um, and I too easily fall into patterns of wanting to improve and optimize and systemize what I do and how I lead and interact with people instead of trusting and relying and calling on God for help and wisdom. I know that I'm a broken person who's far from perfect. I am far from perfect, but I often trick myself into a mindset that I can figure this out on my own and I can do it myself. And I'm, I doubt that I'm the only one who falls into that, but I don't live in a pre-Jesus world. My brokenness has been made whole by Jesus's sacrifice for us. So why would I even want to do it on my own? Jesus made a way for me to have a direct connection and direct help from God in places where I lack, in the times that I fail, and with the people I end up hurting. He has provided me that same direct, constant connection, and he's providing that for you as well. So each day, I'm asking God to order my steps, to guide my words and actions, not so that I can be a better leader or be a better person, but so that I can be more of who God has created me to be. And I can't do that on my own, and I don't want to. I don't want to go back to that old way. I have the opportunity to rely on someone so much bigger and greater than me who knows better than I ever will. So will you press into that? Will you take that constant connection and utilize it? Let's pray. Father, I ask that each day you would be near to me, that you would guide me and direct my path. Thank you for the new and better way you provided through your son, Jesus. Thank you that I don't have to try figure it out on my own, that I have direct access to you. Help us to take advantage of that connection and not waste it away. We can't do it without you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great day.